Maranatha Church. Make your way back into the building here. Uh, get your coffee, get your last hugs in, and we're going to get started here. Uh, so I love this time of fellowship break. It's a great time to fellowship. Um, and so uh, anyways, let's get started. I'm going to pray as we are kind of getting settled back in, and then we'll go from there. So Father, thank you so much for Sunday mornings. Thank you for this worship this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the the word that was spoken to us already during worship. We thank you, Lord, for this team and their uh, creativity, Lord, that you've given them and their faithfulness every single week, Lord. We thank you for this building, God. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you've done so much good work already here in this building in this uh, short time that we've, we've only had this building for maybe a year or so. And you've already done amazing things, Lord. And we look forward to uh, what you're going to continue to do here. We just pray for right now, this Sunday morning, August 4th, 2019, the only August 4th, 2019 we'll ever have. And so I pray that this would be a great morning, Lord, where you speak to us. Your word uh, goes forth right now and and, um, just touches our hearts and our minds, transform us, and that we would walk out of here forever changed and never the same. And so we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, good morning. As Brian said, I'm Pastor Kevin here, do the youth ministry, and um, I've enjoyed it. I've seen a lot of uh, awesome kids come and, come and go. been doing it since, uh, gosh, now seven years, I guess. Got two awesome kids right here. They came, they went, now they're back in the front row. Now I'm calling them out. Now they're awesome. Um, so anyways, yeah, Brian uh, was saying that this message is long, but come on, you know, it's not, it's not going to be too bad. You usually hear the word long and you're like, oh, you already turned it off, but it's going to be all right. We're going to read the word this morning. Um, really, I'm not even preaching. I'm just going to read the word. That's okay. I've got a lot of scripture this morning, but um, we're going to go with it. And so last week, Pastor Jeff preached a message about growth, and he talked about a culture of growth. And he mentioned uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and talked about how Dodd, uh, Dod, wow, here we go. God does the growth. God is the one that causes the growth in each of us, and I just uh, felt like I was supposed to kind of go off of him, and uh, so I'm preaching kind of message two of that, uh, of his word last week. So if you weren't here, uh, go back and listen to it. It's a a great message of uh, what it means for God to to grow us and to be in that that culture of growth, and he challenged our church for our church to be be that. He mentioned that, you know, we are a welcoming church. We want people to to come as they are, but we also want to create a culture of um, sending them out uh, differently, that um, they can come as they are, but we want to create a culture of growth, that they would grow in the Lord. And so my message this morning is, is growing in God. What does it mean exactly to grow in God? And so Pastor Jeff mentioned the church of Corinth, and so he gave a really great background last week about Corinth. And so he mentioned how the, the culture is not too much uh, different than our culture here uh, back in the day in, in Corinth. And so it's a very uh, lawless culture where kind of anything goes he talked about how there was a church there that Paul actually uh, started in Corinth. And he started it through, and we'll get to that in a minute here. Um, but the culture wasn't very, very different. And so I uh, want to talk about how, we, how the ways that we do grow in God uh, might look a little different than, than we think. And uh, I have a couple points here, and then we'll read scripture. But before I do that, I do want to pray again. But this time, I want to... Um, just ask you guys to, if you want to stand, I might actually have you guys stand in a minute to read the Word of God. Um, I remember as, as a kid, every time in church, we would, we would stand for the, the text. Uh, they would call it the bedrock text. It's the text that they started out with. And so 
Um, I'm going to actually have you guys do that. We'll, we'll do that in a minute. But before we do that, um, I just want to engage in prayer once, once again. And I want you guys to, I know that I just prayed, but sometimes prayer like that is kind of um, uh, just kind of, we, we, just, we hear it, but we don't really engage in it. And so I want, want us right now to, to engage in God and just to ask him to speak to us individually, speak to us as a church. And so will you guys do that with me? Let's pray again. And I'm just going to ask you not even to really listen to what I'm praying, um, but just pray for yourself and ask the Lord right now to um, have him engage your heart. Um, I, I know that we're hungry for that. Uh, I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry for the Lord to, to uh, take a hold of my heart, and uh, that's what I desire. That's, that's the one thing I desire is for the Lord to, to, to take my heart, to transform me, to, to engage with me, to talk with me. And so let's just do that right now. I want each one of you to pray in your own prayer. I want to hear you know, prayers out loud. If you're not used to that, that's okay. Just let's pray out loud. And let's ask the Lord to really um, minister to us right now. So, Father, right now, Lord, we ask Jesus for your word once again. Jesus, we come boldly before your throne room. Lord, we as, as your creatures, we're coming before you asking, Father, crying out to you, Lord, that you are the most important thing to us, Lord. You, Father, are the most important uh, one that, 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 that we want, Lord. And so we desire you right now. Engage our hearts. Capture our attention, Jesus, with your word. Uh, that everything else would just fall away. Nothing, if it's not of you, we don't want to hear it right now. We just want to hear your word. Lord, purify our minds, Jesus, right now. Capture each one of us, Lord, in this room. Capture our minds, our thoughts, Lord, that we wouldn't wander right now, but we would have our, have, uh, you would have our full attention. All right. You guys ready? Engaged? Good to go? All right, let's read 1 Corinthians 3, 10. And if you would, go ahead and stand up. Let's do that. Unified right now as we read God's word together. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through uh, 17. This is just a continuation of where Pastor Jeff left off last week in 1 Corinthians 3. So I'm just going to read it that says on the screen there. And then uh, we'll go from there. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are the temple. All right, you can take your seat. So Paul said that uh, he is the one, if you look back at Acts chapter 18, Paul, by the grace of God, he was the one that was able to go into this area of Corinth and preach the gospel for the first time to them, uh, began a church, uh, and he began the church in the name of Jesus Christ. And this was the foundation that this church had. And Paul was like, by the grace of God, I was able to do that. I was able to come in there and lay that foundation, that God was the one that you were to, to build your life on, that God is the one that you're to build this church on. Even though the culture that you guys find yourself in, Corinth, 
is crazy and it's lawless and people are doing things that no one should be doing, you, the church, should stand on the foundation of the way, the truth, the life of Jesus Christ. And so Paul's saying, I'm so thankful that God was able to use me for this effort, for this purpose. And so Paul is there for a long time, you know, maybe a year, year or two, um, just laying that foundation and, and, and solidifying that, that, that place in their life, uh, that Jesus Christ is what they were to build on. But then things go, you know, how things are after years, you know, we get really excited about the foundation when we, when we first get, we get saved and we lay this foundation, our lives are changed, we're like, this is awesome, this is amazing, but the years go by, the, the culture we find ourselves in begins to kind of chip away and kind of, kind of begin to, to make us a little bit uh, weary, begin to feel apathetic, and this is what was happening in, in Corinth, and the people were, were, were feeling the weight of the culture on their life, and they were kind of losing track, losing focus of what was their foundation that they were being built on. And so Paul's like writing back to them, hey, don't forget, listen, you're following Jesus. And as, as uh, Pastor Jeff mentioned last week, people were beginning to follow Apollos, follow Paul, follow Peter. Peter would come in there and they would, they would cling to him instead of clinging to Jesus. Even though Peter was bringing the word of God, they were still following everything Peter did rather than just following the words of, of Jesus. And so Paul was like, hey, listen, let's, get, let's correct this, okay? Let's, let's get this right. Your foundation is Jesus. You are to build upon that. You are to build upon what Jesus gives you to build upon. He is the one that's giving you the growth. He is the one. These are just servants, as he says. I'm just a servant of God. God has given me the grace to do this, but, these, but, but Jesus is the one that you are uh, to build upon. He's the one that's growing you. And so in uh, 1 Corinthians 3.10, it says, According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid the foundation. I laid it, but each one is to be careful how he builds on it. And so we, we have this foundation in Christ. Here as a church, we do. We, we, are, we are a church of, of Jesus. And we want to be careful that we don't do anything that's not of him. Including, you know, in our own lives, we, we have the same, uh, the same strategy, hopefully you do, is that you don't want to build upon your life that, that's not of him. And so I want to uh, talk about some ways that we have built our lives that's not of Christ, and God comes in and corrects us. And, and uh, I don't want to jump ahead here, but there's ways that God does make us grow, and I want to jump into that. And so I've got a couple points here that, that I'll say, and then I'll read Scripture, and then I'll have a couple things to say. So, so number one here is, how then does God cause this growth? We said last week that that God is the one that causes the growth. So how does he cause growth? That's, that's what I want to uh, talk about. So number one, he, ways God causes the growth is that he grows us by watering us with his word. Growth by watering us with his word. Uh, makes sense, right? If you plant a garden, you want to water things. And so God uses his word to water each one of us. First uh, Peter 1, 22 through 25 says this. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever." So when Paul said, be careful how you build your life, be 
Be careful how you build your... Each builder must be very cautious on how they build their life. If we have a foundation in Jesus Christ, but we're building our lives in other ways that are not his word, then those things are going are gonna to grow, and we'll see growth in our life. But then when God comes, then those things that we've built on his foundation are going to go away because they're not of him. But if we build our lives on that foundation through the word of God, living our lives as people of the word, then when he comes, he will actually reward us for what we've done because we've been building our lives through him. It's really uh, quite interesting how God works. Is that he gives us uh, his spirit, right? Here we are, kind of an empty vessel. Uh, when we believe in him, we, we repent and ask the Lord to, to cleanse us of our lives. He fills us with his spirit, and he does it for his own glory. So he fills us with his spirit, and he calls us to mission for him, for his glory. He does all these things through us as we're obedient to him. He's the one that's working in us. His power is working in us. He's doing all these things, and we're building upon that, and we're just being obedient to his voice, his word, as he waters us and grows us, and we're growing in him. And then in the end, when he comes back, he's like, man, good job. Well done, faithful servant. You're like, I I didn't really do anything. Like, I was just the one that was obedient to your word. You're the one that gets the glory for it all, but yet he still rewards us. You understand that? Like, that's, that's, a, that's the grace of God right there, is that he's the one working and doing all these things, and in the end, he's like, good job, man. You did it. Like, okay. I was just like a, a cup. Like, that's all I was, and you just dumped things in me, and I was just, I held it together, I guess, through your grace. So, uh, there's another verse here, and I talked about how uh, growth comes by watering us with his word, and this one in, in Ephesians 3.14, this is like an example. I mean, this is like, him watering us. If you want to be watered today, go back and read uh, Ephesians 3, and this is an example of how he waters us with his word. All right, so listen to this prayer of Ephesians, and just feel the watering of God take effect in your life, all right? So let's, let's do that. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray, God, give me that water that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory through the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So if you need a daily devotion, just go read Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 every single day, and that will water your spirit inside of you. And you will grow and you will feel this uh, purpose in each day as you allow the word of God to water you, to grow the spirit inside of you, and to you to be on mission every single day. Right there, just the pure word of God that you can build your life on. So there's a little chunk. Take it and read it tomorrow. Uh, Sunday mornings, uh, gatherings, these are a time that we are watered by God's word together. All right, this is like a, a Holy Spirit tipping point where God is pouring out his presence on each one of us as we come together on Sunday mornings. Maybe you spend a lot of time in the word. You spend a lot of time being watered by God. But then you come in here, 
and you're together with other people that have been watered, and he just dumps his spirit on us because we're so willing, we're so ready. God doesn't grow people who aren't willing, but the people that come and are willing to grow, God's like, boom, and he dumps it all on us on Sunday mornings, and it's like, yes, we're all together being watered. I went to a water park a couple weeks ago with my kids, and there was this experience I had. You know those big buckets that are being filled and it's like the big tipping bucket. I haven't even got started with the story yet. You're already laughing. So the big water buckets are being filled, right? And so I, I, I'm playing with my son, and all of a sudden I hear this big thunderous roar. I was like, whoa, that, that water just got you know, dumped on these kids that were standing there. So I was like, all right, let's go over there. So I gathered Luke and a couple of his friends, and we all went under this spot where the, the bucket was about to tip. And so we're standing there just waiting and anticipating for this bucket to be dumped on us. And, it was, I, and we were right under this roof area where it was going to dump down, and we couldn't even see the bucket being filled, but I knew it was being filled. I've seen it before being filled. I knew it was going to dump out. So I'm sitting there waiting and anticipating, and some of the other kids, were all, they all started to gather around. Everyone was like, what's going on over there? Oh, they're gathering around because the bucket's about to dump. So they all come, and we're all, we're all standing there, and some of the kids are like looking at the bucket. I'm like, don't look. Don't look. It's better that way. Just anticipate. Anticipate. <laughs> And so we're sitting there just waiting for this bucket to fill. And I'm like getting kind of antsy. I'm like, well, maybe I should look. I'm like, no, I don't want to look. I don't want to look. And Luke's like standing there. He's like, all right, come on. I'm like, when's the bucket going to tip? This is boring kind of just sitting here. And so we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden, you know, some of the kids were kind of peeking. Like, here it comes. Here it comes. And this huge crash of water comes. And we all get drenched. We're all like, yeah. And then we're like, okay, cool. And then we all just kind of scatter. And they all went back to their little... Um, areas where they're playing and their water slides and stuff. And then, you know, as time got near, closer and closer to that water again, the kids all went and they're like, it's coming again. Let's all meet back up. And they all met back up and waited. Boom. And then, then they got wet and drenched and it was just over and over and over again. And I just felt like, man, that's like the Lord just dumping his presence on us as we gather together. We, we, we gather together and anticipate this, this filling of his spirit. We get dumped on and then we go um, we go our own ways, and we, we're, we're, we're able to be um, wet and, dry and, and, and go and, and uh, spread his word everywhere we go. And so I love Sunday mornings that we get to have this experience with the Lord. And so this is like Acts 2, when the Lord uh, filled his believers that were waiting in this room. That's just the picture I got. And uh, we don't have to read that, but in Acts 2, 1 through 4, uh, you see the believers going into this room and they're just wanting the word. They're wanting the, the Holy Spirit uh, to drench them and to fill them. And then when they're filled, what do they do? They, they, they go out after that and they spread the word of God. In John 7, 37 through 39, Jesus mentions this uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit before it happens. He says, this is what's going to be like. You ready? For John, oh, go to um, John chapter um, 7. He talks about this living water that's going to come inside of each of the believers he says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But once Jesus uh, died on the cross, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, it's when then... As the disciples waited, they were filled with the Spirit of God, and they were, they were empowered to do the works of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says that we are God's 
co-workers, which is pretty funny to me, right, that we're working with God in this. And like I said before, the only way that we are able to do anything is, is through the Spirit of God. So it's like, it's like when my kids try to help me, you know, cook dinner or something. You know, they're getting to a point where they can actually crack the eggs. But, you know, younger times, they, they weren't able to really do much. We were making eggs or something, and they would come, I want to help. Okay, come on. You're my, you're my coworker. Come and help me. And they would stir the eggs. I was like, all right, thanks, buddy. And then maybe they would spill things and make a little bit of a mess. I was like, well, I'll just clean it up. And I thought, well, that's kind of how we are with God, that, that he uses us in these ways, and, and yet we give, and God gives us the glory. Like my son, I'm like, good job, you cooked the eggs. But really all he did was like stir for like two seconds, and then he left and did something else. But I gave him the credit for it, right? Good job, you did that, buddy. You're the one that cooked those eggs. And we ate them, and as we ate them, we're giving him the credit. Man, these are such, such good eggs, bud. Thank you so much. You know, this is exactly how it is with God. Like, we, we get to heaven, and we're like, we made something, right, God? And he's like, yeah, you did. You stirred the eggs for two seconds while you're here on life. Good job, buddies. Yeah. And he rewards us for all eternity for stirring eggs for two seconds here on life. <laughs> all right. This is a good deal, right? So let's keep working with God. Um, this is what God's calling us to be. He's calling us to simply be uh, faithful witnesses for him. Faithful witnesses. We just see what he does. We, we get watered by the word of God. It's already written. We read it. We see it. We look at it. And we're, we're faithful in, in displaying it to other people by sharing that message to other people. And God's like, God's happy with that. Thanks, guys. You're my coworkers. You know, last week uh, we mentioned about, or two weeks ago, we mentioned uh, Andrew Chalmers, you know, coming in here and, and encouraging a lot of us as believers. You know, the word that he brought was, was this watering, was this tipping point for us. And a lot of us were filled and encouraged. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in those settings, I get so encouraged after those moments that I'm like, man, I, I look for every opportunity to, to speak to somebody about the Lord. After that moment, when he's sharing all these stories about encounters that he had with running into people, running, running into waitresses and feeling the Lord's promptings to talk to them. After I hear those stories, I get so encouraged and empowered that I'm like, man, I want to I go and do that. And so I did that. All right. So I, 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 every time those moments happen, I begin to feel the, the, the tipping point and that pouring, and I'm encouraged to do it. And so last week, I, I saw a lady in Wawa. Woo! She was serving me coffee, and there was no one behind me, which was good, because that means I had more time. And she was pregnant, and she was, like, really, really pregnant. And so I was like, whoa, uh, you know, it was an easy opportunity to kind of open up and, and say something uh, to her. I was like, oh, are, you, are you excited about, about this? And she's like, yeah, you know, I guess so. You know, it's kind of one of those answers. She's like, I don't know. I'm just hurting and in pain all the time. I was like, all right. So as she talked, you kind of, she kind of gives you, you know, some information that you can use against her uh, for the word of God. Like, all right, you mentioned the word pain. All right. You're pregnant. This is going to be easy. So, um, so as she was talking about that, I was like, well, you know, you know, I was like, you know, um, I had a daughter that um, when we were pregnant, we, we found out that she... Uh, was going to have to have open heart surgery, and so it was, it was a real painful thing for us. But we were we were really excited, and, and we knew that there was going to be purpose in all this pain that that we go through. And she was kind of listening, you know. And I was like, uh, after a while, I just kind of just straight up was like, "Are you, you know, are you a believer?" Because I mentioned to her that um, I was the only way that I got through that. The only way my wife got through that um, time of pregnancy was was through our faith in God and through Him. Uh, pouring out his spirit and his, his refreshing and his peace on our lives. And I, and I just mentioned that to her. And I was like, are you a believer? She's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't mind it. Or, you know, I, I got a grandma. Okay. Everybody's got a grandma who's a believer. 
I got a grandma who is. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, are you close with her? Yeah, yeah, you know, she talks to me all the time. I was like, okay. And so anyways, I just kind of left that conversation, just encouraging her. You know, I was like, you know, she didn't break down in the, in the middle of Wawa and my coffee wasn't filled with tears. But she just was like, thank you so much, you know. I was like, I, I encourage you to, you know, uh, follow the Lord. You know, give him your heart. Like, okay, thanks. And she left and whatever. So anyways, but it was just that, that feeling of um, encouragement when I, when I was around Andrew Chalmers that, that, that is so contagious. When you're around people who are filled with the, the Spirit of God, it just overflows in people's lives and it's contagious, and, um, and so that's what happens when we, when we have this Holy Spirit tipping point on our lives. And so, all right, next, growth. How, how else does God grow us? Well, growth also comes by fire. Ooh, yeah, there we go. Growth comes by fire. In 1 Corinthians 3, go back to that, uh, 1 Corinthians three twelve. It says this, that if anyone builds... On this foundation, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, or hay, or stri- uh, straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light, the day that the Lord returns. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames." 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says it this way. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so we have uh, moments where we build upon this foundation of our lives in Jesus that we build upon it in wrong ways, that we may, we may try to grow in other ways that's not of God. And it's by the grace of God that his fire consumes those things before we, we build even further. You know, some of us can go our whole lives as believers that we build upon this foundation that he's given us in Jesus we build our whole lives that we grow these things and these towers and these, these spots in our lives, and we feel like, all right, we're, we're successful growing these things, but they're not of the Lord. And maybe you've had promptings where the Lord's like, hey, don't do that. And you're like, ah, you know, I'm gonna, I think this is what God wants me to do. God's like, no, don't do that. Ah, I'm going to build it this way. And you build it, and at the end, God's like, like you have a foundation in me. Like, why didn't you build from that? You, you built from something else, and, and he, he wipes those things away. In 1 Corinthians, it gives us... Uh, it thought that those people will still, still be saved. That's good. But the things that they built in their life maybe were not of reward for the end. And so God wipes those things out, but his grace is there to, to protect us. And so it's graceful that God says these things with fire. When we come together, Maranatha Church, we're crying out for the Lord to come. We're not just crying out for the Lord to return on this earth one day. We're crying out for the fire of the Lord's presence to come and meet us here on this Sunday morning. I know I just used the analogy of water, but now I'm going to use the analogy of fire in his presence. That when his presence comes, he burns away the things that we're willing for him to burn away. 
we can come in here and hold on to things that we've been built. And as fire comes, and he's like, hey, I want to consume that. And we're like, no, I kind of like what I've built. I really want to consume it. Will you let me consume that thing that's not of me? Nah, I don't know if I'm ready for that, God. I've really been spending a lot of time building this thing in my life. But I want to burn it away by my grace and my love. And my presence wants to burn those things away. As I look with you, look upon you with my eyes of fire, I want to burn those things off of your life. Are you willing to let me burn those things off so that you can grow properly in me? Jesus and God, and we're like, maybe? (laughs) Yes, God, right? We say yes to that. Are you bold enough to say yes to the fire of of God in your life for those things to be burnt away so that you can grow properly in him? I want to be bold. Say, yes, Jesus, burn those things away. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, burn these things away in my life. Burn the things away in our church so that our church is growing properly in Jesus. 1 Peter 4, 12 says this. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Sometimes this fire feels strange, like, oh, there are things that we go through are strange. We go through all these trials, and it feels like there's not really growth happening, but really maybe it's God's just burning away things that he doesn't want you to build on, and it's strange. You're like, I've spent a lot of time building on that, Jesus, but I didn't want you to. I'm going to burn it away, and it's going to help you. Do you trust me? Yes. Okay. Boom. It happens. And then you see as the years go by, you're like, I am so thankful for the grace of God that he burned those things away in me at that age because now I see him building and building and building in, in, in him. So it's an, it's, uh, this growth is an addition by subtraction. Growth comes when we get rid of things, some things that we need to get rid of in him. Matthew 3, 11 and 12, John the Baptist comes. He preaches this message of repentance. He says, I'm going to baptize you in water. But when his Holy Spirit comes, he's going to baptize you in fire. Do you want that? His winnowing fork, verse 12, is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor. Is that it? And so he clears away the things that are not of him, and this is a good thing. Do you trust that? So growth comes by this fire of God. Next, two more here. We done. Growth, this is a strange one. But First Peter talked about how strange things happen to us, kind of like when Woody in, in Toy Story 1, strange things were happening to him. Randy Newman started singing to him, strange things are happening, where things were happening to him where his popularity with his, his buddy Andy was decreasing as Buzz Lightyear stood in the way. But then what happened? This is a strange analogy, but I know you're with me, right? Woody was jealous of Buzz. can't believe I'm doing this right now. And then Woody and Buzz became best friends. And so it was a good thing that that was happening, but it was a strange thing that was happening at first. So it's kind of like in our lives. Strange things are happening, but then... Um, <laughs> I heard stranger things. Stranger things even are happening. And, and when they do, after they do, we do see the, the reward of that. Like, I'm so glad that I went through that time. And so a strange time is death. Isn't death just a weird... Like, if we're honest with each other, like, that's so weird. Death is crazy. Like, whereas we're believers in a, in a God who's alive and who rose from the dead, and yet we still people, we see people die, and they're not raised from the dead yet. This is weird. This is a strange thing. But growth can come through death. Jesus says it this way to his disciples in John chapter 12, 
there was a guy who was like, hey, I want to see Jesus. He said it to Philip. And Philip's like, hey, Jesus, there's a guy over here who wants to see you. And this is the answer that Jesus gave his disciples. He's like, look, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, okay, to die, to, die, to resurrect, and to, to ascend into heaven. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That might be the most important thing that Jesus has said to us on this earth, was that verse 25. If you love your life, you're going to lose it. If you hate your life, you're going to keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. So Jesus is like, this is strange that I have to go through this death. But it's a good thing because this, decide, this, this guy was asking the disciples to see Jesus. So I could show them, I could show this guy who I am. Or I could die and my spirit could be placed in all of these disciples so that when people ask to see Jesus, I can show them myself through this disciple and through that disciple and through this disciple. This is how Jesus grew his message. It's by dying, raising from the dead, ascending into heaven, pouring his spirit on all people who are willing to be vessels for him. He poured inside of us, him inside of us. Jesus lives inside of us. And now we get to show Jesus to the world. That's what God meant when he says he will be glorified again and again. It's by your faithful obedience with the spirit that dwells inside of you as you go and water the world. And people who are willing will receive it. People who aren't willing to, to will won't receive it. And that's okay. We're just called to be faithful to what he's calling us to. And so death is strange. And, and I'm sure uh, many of us have stories of, of, of people dying in our lives and and, um, you know, it, we, we open up to each other about this, and, and it's hard at first, right? There's, there's so many difficult things that happen from death, but, but I believe that there is a, a blessing that comes often with death, okay? There's a blessing that comes. I know it's like, what are you talking about? Well, if I've seen many people in my, my own life pass away, and, and every time it's difficult, but when I lean into the Lord and lean into his presence, he's like, hey, I want to grow you from this. Are you willing to be grown after this death, or are you going to just sit here and, and, and let this grief overwhelm you to the point where you're, you're basically dead because you're not doing anything anymore? I want to grow you. I know it's difficult, but I want to be with you. He promises that. I will be with you forever, even when the closest people in your life die. I want you to grow from that. Are you willing to do that? And so we have to give our griefs over to him. That's difficult, but do you trust that he's going to grow you from that? All right. Last thing. So we talked about growth from watering, growth by fire, growth by death. And this last one is growth comes by correction. A couple of these are similar in ways. Um, But this one's growth by correction. I've already mentioned a little bit of it, but... In Revelations chapter, Revelation 2 and 3, 
I hate when people add the S to Revelation, and I just did. Sorry. Revelation chapter 2 and 3, we see Jesus writing letters to churches. And he writes these letters, and he gives them some praise. Some churches he doesn't give any praise. But in the, also in the letters, he gives correction. He said, hey, listen, you can be corrected for this. So in the church, um, the letter to the church of uh, Thyatira, Jesus corrected them for tolerating the deceitful spirit of Jezebel. The spirit was getting inside of their church, and the spirit was deceiving them and, and, and causing them to lust and causing them to kind of give in to this power of, of the spirit of Jezebel. And Jesus is like, hey, listen, do not be deceived by her. Do not give in. I am the way, the truth, and the life, okay? Don't let her build on your life. Don't give in to that. And so through this correction, Jesus says this in Revelation 2, 26. He says, uh, go to Revelation 2. Hopefully it's up there. Well, he says um, basically to every, every church, he says the same thing. He says, to the one who overcomes, to the one who listens to what I'm saying, if you overcome, there will be a reward. So each church has a separate reward. For this church, he's like, listen, if you overcome this spirit, you lean into my truth, you build upon me, I will bless you with authority over the nations. I'm going to give you that authority. And so he was giving them this offer as he corrected them. He's like, listen, if you are corrected by me, you will have rewards for this. And so if you trust in God's correction, there's a reward coming for that. There's a reward of authority that you will have. There's a reward for that. And so we have to lean into what he's trying to correct us to do. And so in my life, I've had lots of correction. My mom's right there. She knows. I've been corrected many times. Um, and so, but there was a, another correction that happened in my life that um, it was a physical correction in, my, in our daughter's life, in Zoe, is that uh, she had to have an open heart surgery when she was first born. And we, we, we went into that knowing that she was having to have that correction in her heart. But then after that went well, we're like, okay, good. But then a couple months later, she had to have it again. And that really threw us off. Like, what do you mean? Like, we, we thought this was going to be like later down the road, like 10, 12 years down the road, she was going to have to have another correction. Like, no, she needs it right now. Okay. So we were very, uh, you can just imagine the, the intensity of that season for us because we thought we were in the clear for a while. But there was this moment of she needs a correction again. She needs to be corrected. If she doesn't, it could cause uh, improper growth in her heart. It could cause her heart not to even grow, and, it, and she could suffer from that. And so like, yes, okay, yes, we trust you, doctors. We trust in your correction that you are going to do this. And so we spent time um, in prayer. We had a big gathering of people in that moment that were praying for us and asking just the Lord for his, his grace, his protection over her uh, life as she was sitting there in the surgery. And there was a moment in that room that we were getting close to the end of that, that surgery in her heart, and we were praying, and I stood up with, with the people in that room. I said, hey, listen, let's, the surgery's almost over. We, we've been getting reports all day. I said, hey, let's, let's just ask the Lord right now. Let's just continue to dig in right now to his presence because this is a holy moment. You know, this doesn't come that often. In our lives, it came, you know, pretty quick, those two moments of correction. But I said, hey, this is a moment for each one of you in this room to really receive the Lord and to receive the Lord's uh, uh, pr- uh, correction in your own life, and to receive just a blessing in, in your life. And so we, we dug into that, and we pushed through the, the, the heartache, and we pushed through the pain in that moment, and we, we wanted to get 
what was ours from God. And so in life, we have these moments in this culture that we're in that really difficult moments, right? We can be weighed down by the, the, the things that are happening around us. We can be just completely isolated. We can be completely uh, just giving up on things. But I believe if we, we just press into the Lord's presence, if we press into his, his glory that he wants to pour out on us, if we want to press into this that is dangerous, it's dangerous, right? We press into him correcting us. That's a dangerous prayer. Lord, correct me. Are you sure you want that? I think. Okay. So we press into that over and over and over again, and the Lord grows us and grows us and grows us. He's the one that causes the growth, but we have to be willing. We have to be willing to uh, give up our lives, as Jesus said. For those who love their life, uh, will lose it, but those that hate their life will gain something even greater. I'm going to read another verse, but I'm closing here, so if Brian wants to come on up. Part of this growth in our, that we need in our culture is that our culture is a, a very a temporary, has a very temporary perspective on things. I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, but God wants to give us each an eternal perspective. Each and every day, he wants to give us this eternal perspective of what's happening, that we can kind of fly above and see above the storm and see where, uh, where the Lord's leading us, that we're not in the dark, as believers, as Pastor Jeff said last week, there's no hopeless situations for us as believers. But oftentimes we get caught up in the culture and caught up in the hopelessness that we breathe and inhale in the culture. And we forget that, wait, we're a people of hope. We're a people that God is growing inside of us. Even though a strange thing's happening and there's people in my life that have, have died or there's correction that's, that's happening in my life, it's strange, it's happening, but God's growing us each and every moment. And if we lean into that every single day, God's going to do something amazing inside of each one of us. And so I just want to ask uh, for the Lord right now that by his grace, he would correct us. Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 3.16 that we're, we're his temple. Right here, he's, he's talking about the collective whole here, the body of Christ. The body of Christ is his temple. The people here are the temple of God. Later in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he talks about more of individuals as the temple. But here he's saying, look, together, you together are that temple. And so I want to make sure that when we come together, we are allowing the Lord to correct each one of us. Maybe, maybe God wants to use someone in your life as a voice of, of correction, that gentle, loving voice that maybe you have a great relationship with and God's using them to to kind of get your attention. That's good. We need to be humbled by that. Maybe the Lord uses these Sunday mornings that as you gather here, he's using this Sunday morning to, to correct some of the things in our life. I want to read Romans 5, 1 through 5, and then um, we'll close in prayer. And, and you guys are welcome to come and pray and ask the Lord to, to burn anything up in your life that needs to be burned up. Maybe you need guidance in your life. Maybe you just need to ask the Lord um, to forgive, to forgive you. Maybe there's a root of root of bitterness that's been growing inside of you. Maybe he needs to uproot that, correct that in your life. 
So Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, your glory. That's so thick. Your glory that's so real. We thank you for visiting us each week. Pray right now for those that are are willing that they would receive what you're saying to them and and correction in us, Lord. Correct me, Father. Or maybe I've veered off and I've worried about things that I shouldn't be worried about or anxious and pray that you would correct me and give me the joy of the Lord. That would be my strength. So if you want to come up front and pray, pray and then we'll close out.